Hi everyone, welcome back to the Stars and Startups podcast with me, Varun Bhumidi. This is a podcast where we get up close and personal with interesting founders and doers from the Indian startup ecosystem. On the podcast, we hear illuminating stories of entrepreneurship and the journey of building businesses. On the latest episode of the podcast, I chat with Vinay Bhagri, the co-founder and CEO of Neo, a fintech that was founded in 2016, offering a digital banking solution for salaried employees with the aim to digitize the entire payroll and benefits processes for contract workers, especially in manpower companies, the atypical blue-collar worker who earns around 15,000 rupees per month. Today, Neo has over 5,000 clients and services about 2 million or 20 lakh customers via their salary account product. We discussed Vinay's fascination with salary accounts, the banking system, its evolution, and what is Neo about Neo. As always, do take a moment to subscribe to our channel and share the episode with others. Hey guys, today we have uh, Vinay Babri. Uh, he's the CEO of Neo. Uh, you can today call it a Neo Bank, but it's uh, a financial tech company that he started in 2016. Um, so let's welcome Vinay to the show, and we have a lot to hear from him. Hi, Vinay. Welcome. Hi, Varun. Thanks for having me over. No, fantastic to have you. Uh, I've followed Neo for a little bit of time now. And the first time I heard of Neo is because one of the uh, Silicon Valley investors that I follow is uh, Chamath of Social Capital. And when I read that Social Capital is invested in one uh, company based out of India, and that was financial services, I quickly looked up uh, you know, who this company is and what they were up to. So um, I, I want to get to that in a little bit. But before that, you have been a banker for, you know, 15 years uh, or probably little, you probably think of it as a lot more because you're continuing to do financial technology, working with banks. Um, but, you know, I've also been in banks uh, for a little bit of time. I worked with HGFC. And one of the things I, I noticed that people who stayed in a bank for that long retire in a bank there's nowhere else they want to be right uh somebody who spent that much time inside of um i mean standard chartered which is a global bank uh kotak i think you moved to kotak as part of ing so you've pretty much seen uh the insides of the bank and you spent so much time um what got you to leave yeah, so I think, uh, uh, you know, I, I really never thought I would leave banking. Because like you rightly said, um, it is exciting. It is rewarding. Um, and once you get in, you know, very few people actually uh, manage to get out, especially if, uh, you know, you are doing well and you're in a leadership role, etc. But in my case, uh, as, as I said, I joined, um, uh, you know, Kotak as a part of ING. Uh, when the merger happened, I, uh, you know, had the chance to interact with Mr. Uday Kotak multiple times, uh, you know, during the integration. And I, I, I kind of got inspired uh, to try something on my own. Um, at that point in time, mm -hmm. we were looking at, um, uh, you know, ING was famous for something called as ING Direct, uh, which was a branchless bank. And it happens to be like probably fourth or fifth largest bank in Australia. We are a single branch. And, um, uh, you know, I, I was uh, working with a gentleman who uh, was from Australia and who had come to India. So, you know, combined with ING Direct success, what they were doing, and, uh, you know, listening to their Kotak in general, I thought, um, you know, it may be good I need to take, take a shot. What's interesting is, 
ing was kind of ahead of his time also in terms of having branches banking saying hey can we reduce costs across the board uh, i believe in 2007 also i i remember when i was at hgfc we tried to replicate a similar they created a product which was supposed to replicate that say uh, it is called suvida account i believe i don't remember yeah, if yeah of course the suvida salary right. account everybody knows about that <laughs> okay so so i, I my memory serves <laughs> me right now our logic was don't show up at the branch because if you do show up at the branch we'll charge you for you you need to pay yeah you need to pay if you walk in into a branch yes. right <laughs> yeah did those models ever succeed because i know citibank also had a suvida equivalent yeah so um, uh, you know actually when you said the ing was like a error time you are absolutely right see the biggest bottleneck to being you see what people walking into a branch was already sold automatically with mobile and whatever little was left you sold it and everybody has got a mobile now and nobody wants to see a banker if they can avoid it you know that's the truth <laughs> so, <laughs> so now uh, the the only uh, reason why uh, you know ing direct could not get fully launched in india or could not be successful at that point in time i'm talking 2013 2014 because then we didn't have aadhar and this whole uh, you know formula of biometric mm-hmm. kyc uh, etc which made kyc super smooth earlier op- opening an account meant you need a you know somebody would come to you with a yes. form which is like 20 pages to sign multiple documents give a cancel check uh, you know to go to operations team so it used to be such a nightmare that to open an account used to be very very costly affair and very personal affair so typically uh, your nearest branch you know somebody would walk in and do it for you or it will be a salary account where somebody comes to your uh, you know company and opens those accounts that's right yeah. but that dramatically changed with uh, this whole aadhar uh, thing coming to picture in in, in 2015 2016 and now with video kyc coming in and it is just very early days for video kyc it's going to evolve but if you look at mutual fund today and you want to invest in mutual fund i don't know when is the last time you would have interacted with your uh, mutual fund rm or whatever it is but we did because there's a kyc which is there with sarsai central repository yeah. and that's about you don't need to do anything yeah ckyc is a life changer for sure Yeah, absolutely. CKYC and uh, you know whatever is required is video KYC. So in person is completely gone, and with COVID, that's it's like no longer a good to have. It's like a must, uh, must thing. Uh, and a lot of companies have taken advantage of that, right? You look at PTM; they boast of hundreds of thousands of users. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but PTM Money launched their uh, mutual fund app, and you know the number of people who could launch and get started. i think was fueled by something like ckyc right yeah yeah absolutely so we have seen phenomenal success in the mutual fund experience for a user so if you look at a mutual fund experience typically you would go through agents or banks where you pay 2% 1% 3% depending on what's happening there now uh, with this whole advent of ckyc making it affordable you look at a lot of players who have come in and very very uh, you know powerful products for the customer with zero uh, commission practically so you've got uh, you know paytm money you've got et money you've got grow uh, you got kuvera you know there's so many platforms and now of course us uh, where customer can come in and buy mutual funds at zero uh, commission and people are able to afford that because getting in a customer from a kyc perspective is super simple you just come in enter your pan and done so it's like life has really changed from a mutual fund perspective and i think banking is also headed that way it's only a matter of time 
I I saw that you spent about a decade uh, at Standard Chartered. Yeah. If I remember correctly, Standard Chartered um, acquired Greenlays in India to basically move into uh, you know kind of acquire their assets and then kind of create uh, you know value for themselves uh, in the country. When you joined in two thousand and uh, was it one three? Two thousand three. Um, what was the setting like? Because I know that the that generation of bankers, you know, could call themselves bankers, right? Today, if you go to a branch, there are no bankers. They're just people. Yeah, uh, you know, when I joined, it was already changing, Varun. So actually, I uh, I was from an FMCG background. So I had done, uh, you know, got, uh, I would say, uh, you know, my formative years. uh were in fmcg you know riding on a truck and selling uh, parle which mm. is uh, mineral water the biseri mineral water okay uh and rajasthan you can imagine so <laughs> you know nobody knew what a water bottle uh, why would anybody pay 10 rupees for a water bottle and we had to create that whole category so my expertise was distribution at creating uh, you know distribution network so that your product can fly uh and banking as i said at that time was just transforming from being a banker's thing to more like a distribution game and becoming more like retail yeah. and as i mentioned the first banking job was with vedi uh, in icici bank uh, and there uh, you know they were actually hiring people uh, left right and center from fmcg bank okay. and they were you know all of us were nothing like bankers because we came in from this whole mindset of distribution and how do we create distribution how do we reach out to more customers at that time digital was not so big so the, the entire distribution was about uh feed and street and and getting that available so my first stint with stanchard and for the first five and actually probably throughout was always a very manpower heavy uh, stint and it was always uh, basically outside the branch so when i was doing unsecured lending uh, you know i had a 3000 4000 people team uh, everybody was outside the branch the job was to mm-hmm. get you know business in and then when i was doing casa of course it was similar that any anybody wanting to open a deposit account anywhere in the country uh somewhere you would be in touch with my customer my team and so so yeah so it was very you know very little traditional banking as i would yeah. say you know what was there in greenlays it was very much like an fmcg banking is what i would call it and what, which is a norm today but it was just starting off in 2001 2000 that's a very interesting fact you mentioned because i actually till today i didn't realize that was the case because now looking back uh my boss and his boss and his boss they were from rpg airsel <laughs> right guys who had literally done you know um the routes on the street to go and sell you know i, I guess in yeah, that time it was people uh, and say from huls of the world and maricos of the world and you know pngs of the world would join banking in that 2000 2005 or maybe 2010 phase is just crazy Oh, it's, um, now that you say it, it makes sense uh, because then it was land grab, right? I think ultimately for a a bank and and you know I I believe you worked in the salary uh, account segment as well. Yes. And yes. and at that time, huge focus on salary accounts because they knew that this is a market you could just get overnight because the rules are different. You don't have to maintain uh, a balance, but you know money is going to come in every month. So I thought it was incredibly smart that they made it, made it, and and then the only job for you was to go and acquire. So it was literally land grab. 
um you know absolutely you know my favorite segment if you ask me in in the entire retail banking is salary segment it's so fascinating um uh, you know because um your salary is going to come in so there is no uh, there is no problem of getting the money in because it is that is already done and then a typical salaried customer uh, is a very sticky customer so and and with every year with india's gdp growing the salary also grows so you know that balance is only going one direction it's only up so it's a very very lucrative segment uh, has been always a uh, very interesting segment in your in your time uh, spent in banking have you seen um, there's never been a focus on digitizing properly right they you know there was there have always been these tools we use pinnacle and and a bunch of uh, you know products that we use in the bank at that time uh, they were just extremely clunky and and you know, but you know you could say in 2005 you probably couldn't expect more but a lot of that hasn't changed necessarily in the decade and a half two decades um or are you saying are you saying no things are changing what's what's ailing the bank uh, no i see nothing is ailing the bank i would say you know if you look at kotak 811 for example it's a fantastic bank um if you look at maybe icici banks mobile app i think it's it's it's, it's very good um I, so the, the challenge around there is that you know you create something and your your foundation is built on something now you are uh, you know you suddenly can't change the entire foundation without shaking the building and for most banks what has happened is you got millions and millions of customers already on that foundation so you have to make do with best what is available you have to keep tweaking improving it so there is always an intention to digitize an intention to give the best to the customer but just the legacy is just impossible to shake off and the bigger the bank the bigger the legacy and you know which is why you will see as the banks get uh, the younger bank have slightly advantage of um, as far as this technology and uh, the flexibility is concerned um, and the other banks have to do a catch up or to create a completely separate um the system that they mm. get a different set of users not easy because every time you create a new system uh the other systems you talk to it so you create right. a loan system you create a credit card system you create a uh, you know savings account system now for a customer he doesn't care he he thinks that i have got these three products one bank and i should have a single view when i get into my mobile app or get into my net banking every should be available but for bank because they have created different systems in different platforms just to integrate that and provide the data seamlessly to a customer is a is a massive exercise so that's why all banks will be disadvantaged i would say compared to the new banks uh, who will come in more accordingly no i mean that's that's the challenge right when you're creating tech for so many millions of users uh, you know you're you're constantly going to have that you know kind of problem uh, especially you know in terms of experience that you want to offer uh, someone yeah if you look at gen one common uh, Uh, theme cutting see other, other other than technology is that if you look at the design uh, people hired by banks typically that investment is low right on that whole ui ux design uh, you know typically it is it is definitely not uh, what what let's say some of the modern companies would do so a swiggy they, or a zomato app will always look much better than a banking <laughs> so yeah they definitely skim invested in they definitely skim on design for sure Yeah. Uh, right i think that's the last thing that they think about they saying okay how do i cram in as many things as possible just keep putting it <laughs> under the, the accordion <laughs> yeah yeah 
you just you just nest the you know uh, option inside and hey you're done with it right uh, unfortunately that that has resulted in uh, such a clusterfuck of of uh, you know that but today from a uh, regulation standpoint there's no demand on technology right i mean of course they have some expectation on audit and other things that they want the banks to maintain and and do but uh, is there any other requirements from a regulation standpoint so it is just you know they do these audits etc regularly uh, periodically uh, to ensure that the systems have to be robust you know the, what is uh, central bank worried about the customer should not get cheated uh and customers should not get uh, lose their money because of some uh, structural flaw so these are the only two things they are bothered about okay, as long as the bank is transparent in what they are communicating the products are uh, clean and under, uh, easy for customer to understand and mm-hmm. as long as banks have systems which will not get hacked into like what happened in bangladesh and uh, you know money get robbed it's, it's fine um uh, talking about <laughs> getting robbed and hacked uh have have people looked at yes bank fiasco and you know started to now have some mistrust towards their money uh, being in a bank we're talking about i'm also talking about other like uh, uh, you know cooperative banks that are out there which are just giving say banking a bad name in general see cooperative was always um, uh, it was never considered to be like um, i would say 100% safe bet mm-hmm. they've been there's they have a history and it's it's a completely different customer segment uh but in the in the history of uh, independent india nobody has got like, lost money uh in a in a government bank or a private uh, bank which is you know rbi approved bank it's never happened um and people always know whether you know whatever happens like in case of times bank i think is gfc took over you know things happen overnight and eventually the depositors money in india has never been lost uh so although yes bank uh, you know thing was also resolved in record 11 days i would say it's it's a, it's, it's phenomenal thing got resolved but that 11 days scared the shit out of people because you know <laughs> then you started looking at what the regulation says and the regulation says uh and it's now amended uh, that if you have let's say whatever amount in the bank as an individual government is only liable to give you it's the only 5 lakh is insured so if you have 1 crore 95 lakh is gone thank you so much 5 lakh will come if the bank goes down so nobody actually even thought ki bank go down means yahi kaise ho sakta and now suddenly everybody is imagine ki bas ye ho sakta hai aur agar ye ho gaya to aapne jitna hi paisa rakha hai 5 lakh hi milega so this fear is actually second hmm. and which is what people are doing and it, it is great for uh, you know banks in general that people are creating multiple accounts that let's say if i had over an earlspell relation with hdfc and icici and all my money was there i you know i'm sleeping easy yeah. suddenly my my thought has changed that let me open at least four accounts to dub jayega kuch to mere ko dusra bank chal raha hai so that was never there and um, you know surprisingly uh, it, it's coming now and maybe uh, people are now more worried because with covid what's going to happen is the moratorium was 6 months right so you really really don't know how good or bad uh, you know the situation the banks going to be after 6 months mm. i think that's the biggest so, scare right i mean you had the pnb yeah. scare which is still going on yeah uh, right and and it's going to be it's going to be a, a whole new world in a few months um yeah so from a uh, 
you know how the world is evolving uh, kind of neo banks have become the flavor of the season uh, yeah. more recently yeah right yeah. um what is i mean i had jitain on the show a few weeks back and you know we didn't get into the whole neo banking piece uh, because i know jitain has yet to launch and and you know he he also keeps his cards close to his heart so <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the whole neo banking trend and and why now because you know i mean i i, I will give you my uh, view on european neo banks but i would love to hear from you first yeah so i would say you know why now i i think it is more to do with the you know what's coming in the newspapers <laughs> as such uh, and also to do with the round sizes funding sizes of uh, you know the foreign neo banks so you look at uh, for example if you look at brazil new bank i mean mm-hmm. probably the world's most successful neo bank they've been around for ages so you know it is not something new and uh, even if you look at monzo or revolut or and 26 time and 26 everybody is 5 years like 2014 2013 is when the trend took off in europe yes and in 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 all these cases actually all the cases i'm talking about uh they move from this journey of like a partnering a bank then they license uh getting uh, you know a license getting formed in those particular geographies and these guys taking on that license and there was this uh, it's it's how it did evolve Mm. now in india um, uh, while a lot of people were doing something which is similar to neo banking like we were doing something similar to neo banking but we never called ourselves neo bank and uh, suddenly now everybody is calling us a neo bank and unfortunately for our name is also neo so we can't even say no, sorry don't call us <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, now that what has happened is because uh, the biggest fintech if you look at the biggest uh, you know some of the biggest fintech trends globally in the last 2 3 years in fundraise have been categorized as neo banks mm. so you got revolute like a revolute like a 10 billion dollar you know n26 5 billion dollar and so so unicorns the number of unicorns who are genuinely neo banks because they got banking licenses across the world yeah. is just massive and it's only a matter of time where you know some form or shape that plays out in india and naturally everybody would want to be part of the journey and succeed it um so the uh, the the india uh, in terms of if i were to call it again uh, you know just for simplicity neo banking stage we are moving maybe there europe was in 2012 or 2013 somewhere there okay. where uh, you know typically you partner with a forward looking bank create a great consumer experience and then from there you see how it evolves it may happen that you may not need to take a license itself in the partner bank itself the partnership goes for long run and it can we can take a situation where government comes up and comes with a whole full category of license uh and then you can take it that way but yeah either way the the reason why it's become hot is yeah. i think more to do with fundraising news abroad mm-hmm. <laughs> more than anything else but unfortunately a lot of investment issues in india are more outward looking than inward looking uh <laughs> no there is opportunity there is phenomenal opportunity mm-hmm. for sure varun but it opportunity is always there whether you call it neo bank or not opportunity will remain there <laughs> uh, so let me get this straight so there is there is neo banks which is basically a layer uh, and and you are saying there's a partnering opportunity with banks etc what is then an open bank is that the same yeah see again open banking is all this is all um, how would i say you know some of the terms are like 
mismatched. See, open banking. What it means is it's it's, it's like, almost like a regulation which came out of Europe, saying that as bank you you are almost mandated to expose certain APIs uh, out, and then uh, you know startups can actually use these APIs to build some products on top of it. So that's in a nutshell. That's what open banking is all about. So uh, if you were to say in India is open banking mandated? No. Uh, you know you can't. force a bank to give you an api and give you data and give you all that it's not there but uh, is there an open banking uh, almost like a revolution going on in india yes of course because banks themselves are willing to partner and they are willing to uh, provide certain apis there hackathons going on around their apis um, you know so and the apis are developing by the day so india will also reach and with account aggregator coming in lot of the information customer you know banks will be obliged to provide if the customer wants So with account aggregator, what's going to happen, Varun, is that all your financial information, whether your lending information, wealth information, savings account information, banks are, uh, your uh, financial institutions are mandated to put it together at one place, and customer at one click at one approval will be able to pull it out. So that will be really, in a, in a sense, uh, from a data point of view, to open banking. But otherwise, uh, multiple layers. So, so what we're saying is, with open banking, potentially um, there will be less paperwork involved to. move from one desk to the other and two you'll probably be able to use a lot more data because you'll be data rich because the information is coming by an api etc by a bank so you could do a lot more with that data uh inside of systems and provide a better experience i would imagine yeah so if you look at the see paper is already out so if you talk it i we would speak about mutual fund now with video kyc in savings account so paper days are gone anyway uh so open banking no open banking nothing to do with uh, papers so the the thing which will uh, happen with open banking the second one yes of course data will become more easily accessible hopefully and uh, the partnerships with banks will become easier uh, you you may not need to go through so much so many formalities uh, yeah. to partner somebody if, if uh, it becomes like a culture so let's switch a little bit to uh, you know you making it to neo uh, you know after your time at kota uh, what was that insight that you got uh, that you're like you know this is something that i wanted to solve uh, i mean i know that that uh, neo has changed uh, or evolved along with the times but when you started out uh, you know to say okay i'm going to hang up my banker boots what was that one thing you wanted to go solve for so um uh, you know what i realized is this um, you know all banks um, and they are behemoths in their own rights with every vertical um, you know practically if you pick up any vertical in kota we pick up a credit card vertical or loan vertical everything is almost like a unicorn in in that sense well if if we were to say that vertical is outside not part of kota it will be unicorn I mean, that, that's that's a truth so uh, there are so many verticals which are there in each bank uh, where uh, yeah. the justice has not been done um to the extent which it could be if you do it that business only mm. like if you do only that business in your life depend on that maybe you will do it much better than what the bank does because banks has got so many things to do and the uh, the size of the business tells you the opportunity in that business and so my my insight basically from working with you know standard and mainly with kotak was that you know because kotak was evolving over the last 8 10 years and with every year they will add one vertical which in in startup sense in 3 years 4 years will go on go on to become a unicorn inside code 
but of course but you you will never get to see it but sure they will keep adding vertical and doing some great job with that vertical and creating you know unicorns inside the banks uh, from that perspective so i thought that you know can we pick one area where we can do like a really great job and maybe create value for the customers and for our uh, stakeholders from that perspective so uh, you know initially i zeroed in on the salaried segment anyway it always is my uh, you know favorite segment for for various reasons uh, from a more pnl and if you go deep from engagement perspective it's one of the most um, i would say stable predictable businesses in a bank and profitable businesses in a retail bank so uh, yeah so so what we uh, what i uh, you know figured out one was that salaried customers everybody wanted to give somebody uh, have a customer whose salary is more than 25000 below 25000 it just right. didn't make sense for a bank uh, and rightly so because the cost was stacked up so high for the bank uh, that when you get somebody who is not going to keep average balance with you who does not have the capacity to buy wealth products and you cannot lend to them because you don't know is he going to return the money or no so practically there's no way to make money and i thought that this segment was massive in india like the bharat when we speak about is like 100 million 200 million people without anybody really focusing on them as a bank customer it is more like jandan account kholne aa gaya to khol diya ya kuch aisa ho gaya to khol diya like it's more like an obligation but not as a customer and 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 that's how uh, you know that's how so i started this read and i've been still i mean always we segment may differ but the idea is always to add value to a certain set of users who are meaningfully large in number so if you look at two three businesses uh, so in in a sense we are also almost like bank where you know the the technology and the partnerships allow us to operate products and each product solves for a unique problem so we initially started with us uh, a, a prepaid card product for bharat segment because we thought we could do that at a cost point which was very very manageable for the laborer so if you look at my cost it is 200 rupees a year that's it so there is no minimum balance fees there is no uh, hidden charges there's nothing there's only one fees that you give 200 rupees you take this card go and withdraw money do fund transfer and i'll give you mobile app which is as good or uh, better than best of the banks hmm. uh, so, so that you know we solve for that segment what's interesting is you built this whole product on top of a prepaid uh yeah uh, you know kind of infra right and what's impressive and, and you know it took me a little bit of time to actually process that i ran the citrus wallet business between 15 and 16 and uh, yeah we i saw lifted different models right we built a lot of different use cases inside of the tpi uh, you know uh, frame um, and zeta also was built around the same time as a company yeah, yeah. and they went after salary segment and only saying okay i will be a better sodexo than what you have and i can go to anybody and there's no paperwork and i can use digital and no vouchers and what what and they created a large ish business with that alone uh there were a couple of other companies transfer paytm of course uh, paytm tried to do everything did anybody else take the route that you're taking just going after a specific segment and saying i will just solve for 
this segment because you know anyway the bags to what to deal with them uh no so uh, as of today we don't have uh, a real competition in this you know some small time players sometimes come and go but nobody has a product which is so evolved like us so you you, you know um, uh, what we have done in the past four years varun is let's look at an sme now uh, india is a country of really small smes so you got smes with 50 employees 100 employees 200 employees we provide multiple facilities in uh, you know, including um, you know labor to the larger uh, companies now these smes typically have their payroll on excel sheet and all that stuff and disbursing salary is a challenge and then uh, you know there is yeah. multiple challenges there mm. so what we initially started was was a free hrms for them which we now upgraded to a free payroll system so we just load attendance of your employees you know and i will give you a pay slip i will calculate mm. you psip and everything and then on top of it to your employees i'm going to give a prepaid card which is uh, you know we've we've designed it in a way it looks like almost uh, or or rather it functions like almost as if uh, you know it, it's like any other account so you do a fund transfer into this with an ifsc code and account number and then as a user you see a mobile app which is vernacular in 10 languages and which is also speech enabled so if you are a labor who can't read or write you tap a button the app will talk to you so it's the only app of of it kind solving for that kind of uh, customer segment so nobody thinks of a customer segment who can't read usko mobile app dekhe kya karenge so uh, for, especially if you're a bank so uh, we solve that problem and from a u- user perspective it is great a salary comes he can withdraw from it and he can do fund transfer uh you know he can see his balance on the mobile app and the experience uh, is better than any other app he has seen in his life so yeah I, nobody else is uh, uh i i would thought i would say thought through and done so much um, you know a lot of people have tried to copy it's still try to copy uh, but it's not so easy speaking about that i i looked at some of the numbers that you were shared in 2018 where you had about 500 corporates or Pirate SMEs that you had, um, you know, working with you, to numbers that are more recent, which said five thousand. That's a ten x growth in about two years. How did how did this work? Did you just put people in the problem, like increase, uh, you know, feet on the street and go and like knock on every door? What is the secret sauce? So definitely, uh, you know, it, it is a uh, it is a people driven business. but majority of our business is referral actually in uh, in this segment it is just an sme refers to another sme they refer to another ten smes it just uh, goes from there so in fact uh, all almost all our businesses uh, we like to build on uh, on referral and which is why if you look at most of our um, i think interview discussions we focus a big time on nps so that's why if you ask me my single biggest learning in the banking segment that if as a business owner your nps is good uh, you will eventually make money you will reduce your cac dramatically and you will have enough opportunities to make money but nps is the key i I'm, i want to dig a little deeper right um if you're talking about referral and, and i think a lot of startups and businesses who are watching this would be like wow how do i create a kickass referral system that's you know giving a one to uh, a one client is giving me 10 referrals which is a massive number if it converts um how did you go about creating something like that 
Okay, so uh, okay, so there are three. I, I will come to the other segments. So if you were to stick to Bharat right now, then SME. See, SME it is like a very uh, natural thing without any formal thing. So there is no formal system. Like if an SME rewards and gets me another SME, he doesn't get anything. He just gets the satisfaction that a good product is. I have told him. That's about. So uh, there is no. I would say in in our Bharat segment there is no reward system. I have for referrals, but still I would say that. of the uh, now we are around 6000 companies so of the around 6000 companies which are there 4 and 1/2000 would be from reference from somebody else knocking door would have got us only you know the first 500 maybe that this and every month maybe you know 10% of the business will be knocking doors hmm. not more so uh, again I, i'd love to understand the process for referral is it just the sales person asking an existing a uh, client saying could you please give me 10 contact numbers or is it uh, that is it that was in, initial hmm. that was initially what was there were uh, so right now it is um, you know uh, we made it simpler for the smes so every time they interact with our product uh, uh, you know something like we know that when the you know things have happened seamlessly for him and at that point in time if i been do you like it he says yes want to refer somebody Just give us some name or something, and he presses that button. Uh, if it's an email ID, the email ID comes to uh, one email comes to us. The one email gets shot to that person that uh, you know so and so has recommended you, and uh, somebody from Neo will be reaching out to you. So it's a uh, very basic, very simple. So, so it is. It is definitely work, no? Uh, if you are saying that, yeah, it is working. Working, no doubt. <laughs> okay, I, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try and get more information from you on this, but. uh you know i think i think it's a gold mine that i think uh, you know should be shared um yeah in in across these 5000 businesses uh how many salaried employees come under this and what is the profile of these customers so in in terms of these guys employ maybe around um, you know couple of million customers uh at any point in time the customers who are active with us with salaries are getting disbursed uh, are anywhere between half a million to quarter quarter of uh, you know three quarters of a million uh, of course covid has completely changed it and uh, you know numbers were uh, completely went for a toss because uh, you know the sex segment segment most of these guys are contract employees uh, they are hardcore blue collar service manufacturing uh, the common theme across this segment will be the salaries will be below 15000 that will be the if you were to say one string that ties all the half a million users uh, i think it will be salary levels maybe below 20000 uh, 15 20000 that's the number so, so covid at this, uh, you know my my views hit them the hardest mm. so so has have you seen uh, this whole segment getting obliterated because i don't think because they get paid on a daily yeah, basis yeah, right kind we, of we were we were basically uh, not we I, I, i would rather say them uh you know they were completely washed out uh, in april may june um we could see the number of customers uh getting paid salary reduced the value of salary reduced it was i think really bad time uh but i was surprised by the bounce back hmm. uh so july uh, we will probably have our highest ever number in terms of new customer additions uh, so india is a resilient country you know we've seen a lot of uh, adversity So this this too shall pass. And, and we are we are actually <laughs> very no, very great. surprised uh, at the pace at which it is it has come back. 
I mean, that basically means consumption also should come back, right? So hopefully that is going to be the case. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's a cycle. uh and uh, the 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 earliest indicator is is actually bharat segment if you see uh, the manufacturing segment services segment start picking up because agriculture is even not impacted by covid wo to acha hi chal raha hai rural to in fact better than before so the main main segment is this so actually i am very very hopeful uh, of what i am seeing in late june and early july i am very very hopeful that india is going to bounce back and prove a lot of um, um you know i would say pandits wrong in terms of how strongly our gdp will come back um you know you have a ringside view uh, to this so so that's good to hear uh, from a, a business standpoint when you created uh, the product and I'm, and this is a tech led product and you're co-creating with a bank what kind of partnerships do you build with banks and and you know banks are not the easiest people to work with uh, and you have a partner in idfc so what's the uh, relationship like how do you kind of make it work so uh, you know the, the the big advantage we've had varun over i would say in lot of other maybe uh, fintechs is that you know i've been a banker in my entire business team nobody has a banking experience less than 10 years everybody at the minimum has drawn salary from bank for 10 years uh, so we always think like bankers and we would say that if i were in a shoe of my if i were you know uh, on the other side of the table what would i worry about so the biggest thing i would worry about is yeah, meri job nahi jaani chahiye that's the biggest thing so in in banking partnership you have to give them the confidence that boss we are not fly with the fly by night operators you are kyc for you we are more worried than you about kyc we are more worried than you about compliances we are more, more worried than you about systems processes which impact money because bank is all about money like i have got hundreds of crores of money which flows in and flows out If the system is not good enough, and even if I lose like a lakh rupee, somebody in somewhere is going to lose his job. So uh, our relationship with bank is always uh, a three-layer thing. The first layer is uh, trust uh, and a mutual understanding that we worry about compliances as much as you. That's something we will not compromise on. Business happens doesn't like for example today I've got maybe one and a half two million users who've mm. signed up over uh, over the period of time. Not a single user I have signed up without full KYC. There is not one guy. Every single guy, when biometric was there, was doing biometric. Uh, in in a in a in a brief period, biometric was shut because of Supreme Court order. Every single guy had a digital uh, KYC, fully done. So I just don't believe in this, uh, you know, mini KYCs and we will do it twelve months later and you know, so always very very high risk. uh think so so a banking partnership is uh, based on this so first thing yeah. you solve for is that compliance taken care of you over comply and then you look at uh area which is meaningful for them uh and and how the partnership can become symbiotic and long term or if there is any partnership which is tilted towards one side either us or bank it is bound to end end badly so which is why if you look at uh, us uh, you know we we partnered with yes bank in 2016 in dcb in 2017 and now it's th- four years and three years respectively all that yes bank went through certain trouble uh, for those 10 11 days our partnership is rock solid even today it's absolutely rock solid anything but growing same with nice yeah. hopefully so we're starting off with that but you, so you have multiple bank partnerships uh, with this how do you do you play favorites here or do you give the option to the sme to choose what banks are different 
businesses are different so for example yes bank partnership is largely driven towards uh, the bharat segment we spoke about whereas a dcb partnership is actually more for people like you and me who travel abroad so it is india's best travel card by any stretch of imagination hmm. and there our nps rating is uh, you know up to travel khatam hi ho gaya thanks to covid <laughs> but uh, you know before uh, before that our nps rating was around hovering around 78 80 which is you take any bank in the world take wells fargo city anywhere the best to the best will struggle to get that kind of nps rating so we had 100000 users um our app score rating at that point time was 4.8 4.9 so it, it was probab- uh, not probably the best travel card in india by any stretch of the imagination so that we had a partnership with dcb and with idfc like i said it's a uh, it's a savings account uh, so we call it uh, you know the james bond of banking almost like that uh-huh. it's a zero <laughs> it is 007 account from a value proposition it is easier to convey so it gives you the benefit of that global card or travel card in terms of zero forex markup it gives you zero commission mutual fund and thanks to idfc it gives you 7% interest so there is no better product in the market today oh wow so there there are different products so for each product you uh, you know pick a bank that probably works best for the segment and then go ahead and yes. work with them to do yeah. that yeah. um when when you approach these banks and you know there's obviously if you're giving 7% up uh, you know for a savings account then there's not much money you're leaving on the table uh, especially because there's been a, you know decent cost pressure on banks as well now uh, you know we're doing 0% mutual funds you're doing 7% savings accounts how does a company like neo then make money i'm guessing technology service fee from the bank itself which is still a small number so you have to do a lot of volume am i right am i on the money yeah yeah of course of course you're right so um, you know uh, tsp of, of course is one way but um, uh, you know the way we look at it is um, that majority of um, you know margins in certain products are are built because there are efficiencies inefficiencies in the system So let us take travel for example. I take zero forex market. That doesn't mean my margin is zero. Because whenever you go and spend abroad, just like any other uh, international card, the merchant will have to pay me three percent. Like India MDR is gone, but if you travel to US MDR is two point seven five percent, and that MDR is largely mine. Wait, sorry, one second. I need to digest this. So you're saying that if I were use my bank credit card or or debit card today, I pay three percent markup. Plus, he's getting three percent from the merchant over there. Merchant, yes, yes. That's incredible. So banks typically making five. <laughs> yeah, it's a very profitable business. That's what I'm saying. So banks make like five six percent um, clean. Uh, so uh, and they've got their costs. They've got their branches in Nariman Point and all those places. So they have to take care of that. I don't have all of that. I'm completely digital. So for me, even two and a half three percent is good. I don't mind that. Um, so yeah so similarly for for all businesses uh, we have a model uh, which is built on cost efficiency as the bedrock and then using that to provide uh, consumer a better value so you look at a bharat business now i am giving uh, you know payroll practically free like a salary slip generation is practically free for lessons but because it is all in house technology i do it doesn't cost me much so i am making money in terms of fund transfers and in terms of other costs uh which the customer is willing to pay 
so uh, travel is is extremely easy with third parties playing so there is no championship mm-hmm. and then hopefully you know um, uh, you know number of people who buy other things because they trust you and uh, which are revenue generating like travel insurance was a fairly good uh, product for us so those kind of things then come into play you know banks have always relied on having a portfolio approach right that means you have the the bank account and now i will sell you a demat account i'll sell you a trading account i'll give you a credit card i will give you mutual fund account uh, you know come open a fixed deposit uh, for some reason uh, they thought uh, a bank locker was a big deal uh, and for some people it was <laughs> yeah it is uh, it, it remains yeah right so the portfolio they keep adding they giving you different things that you could use choose uh, and 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 utilize um are you also approaching the same way in terms of yeah, you know how uh, do you make so, somebody sticky uh, cro- yeah of course so cross sell remains um a major game plan for anybody everybody um although uh, it didn't end too well but wells fargo uh, at one point in time for every user uh, had at least six co- different products but they took it too far and you know misselling eventually caught on uh, but um, uh, you know generally there's the formula because in in bank uh, you know the, the way to make money is if the customer takes any kind of loan any time from you you will he will end up being a profitable customer that's a simple bottom line so you hope that the customer stays on long enough to take any asset product from you or travels abroad if he does any one of these two activities you are sorted i mean i'm i'm curious now you you look at uh, any bank any app forget bank or not lending has become a feature yeah where it it comes part and parcel with the app even if i'm you know uh ordering food on swiggy they're ready to give me credit for that food purchase right yeah. um yeah. where do you see this go- going so um uh, see these are all uh, were following uh, international models um in world over there have been success and failure um and will continue that basic credit is always runs in cycles so in 2008 we saw the cycle i was part of the cycle because i was lending at that point in right and after that i promised myself that i'm not going to lend the <laughs> uh, jokes apart so uh, you know you you have to take these cycles in the stride learn from them and move on because eventually like i said uh, money is not in india the money is not in payments it is in it is in assets for anybody and everybody so like um, if you can lend and lend successfully and still it is very under penetrated society in terms of lending formal lending so you have a massive informal uh, lending available um, but uh, formal lending is still if you look at maybe the records of people who've got uh, credit cards uh, in a population of like 1.25 billion i used i don't think you will get unique users more than 40 million so it's a long journey to cover right um when i've chatted a lot about banking neo banks uh, a lot of fun things but you built this company as a tech company right like a technology company yeah. and Absolutely. and you know there's obviously a lot of sales that happens but that's only to acquire uh, the corporate yeah. itself or yeah, yeah, we, we are a product and a tech company that's what we are this so a product tech company is a lean in my mind it is a product and tech company is a lean company there's you know yeah. not too much operations involved i mean if you're if you're a bank yes you have a lot of compliance a lot of other things you need to worry about 
with the yeah. kind of uh, fundraise that you have and the bank balance you should have at this moment, where has been and if if somebody hasn't seen what the number is, it's around forty nine million, forty three million. Yeah, forty nine million. So with forty nine million, uh, I would imagine a lot of that is still in the in the bank. Uh, you know, paying <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, where's the investments? Where what what do you invest in? What's the biggest expense for you? So biggest of expense, of course, is uh, tech and product. So you know, in terms of uh, salaries, in terms of infrastructure which you built in. So that that is the single biggest. If I were to point out, that's the single biggest expense. Other than that, is you have to create a certain distribution, marketing, etc. So all those clubbed together, maybe will be one. But if you were to ask um, for a single biggest item, it would be our investment into uh, product, uh, tech integrations. Because uh, see, mostly the product which we build, uh, we don't we don't build a product where we burn money on at a, on a unit level. So for every time I I, I get a customer, uh, you know, I don't work on a model where I burn money and then later on I'll figure out something. So you don't operate that way. So that's a good thing about having bankers uh, to run the business, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Was what was the pitch then when when you um, you know you have a lot of international venture investors uh, as part of the cap table and you know, did they at that time see what's happening around the world, and and hence they wanted to be part of the Indian story? Was that the pitch to bring a social capital and and you know all the other folks on the cap table? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Of course, if you look at Bharat segment, um, like I said, we are fairly unique uh, in the way uh, where we are. We may not have solved all the problems, uh, but we are definitely. Uh, the only ones, uh, if somebody wants to, um, like, create a great fintech product uh, for a salaried user whose salary is below fifteen twenty thousand, um, there is no comparison to where we are uh, and what we are capable of doing. So we have not done even ten percent what we're capable, but so that's very attractive story. Hmm. Uh, second, what the global card, which is a travel card, um, kind of, uh, we had just launched it in. I think um, late 2018, not not even during a public launch. It actually came out from. It almost became viral in IIMs. It started in IIM Lucknow, and then it just became viral. So anybody who was traveling from IIMs for their international projects, we almost continue to have like a 80, 90 percent market share. Uh, so there, the product just took off, and then the way we manage that product and the way we handle that product, at that time, you know, nobody. Used to call it neo banking or whatever. We even today we are really hesitant to call it. But it was to an, to an external investor looking at us, they would come back and say, "Yeah, this neo banking, this is like Revolut, or uh-huh. you know, this is like yeah. that." Yeah, awesome. But uh, yeah, let's be uh, clear that the customer belongs to the bank. I'm just creating a beautiful interface for the bank, uh, and, and then in in the process, uh, both bank and I benefit from it. That's what the the model is all about. Um, and then they realize that you know, as a company, we have this DNA of finding customer value, and then uh, you know, without spending too much marketing dollars, then you know, ramping up the customers very fast. So, for example, you—I I don't know if you would have ever seen marketing for my global card. I—I'll I, be surprised if you saw it. 
would have seen any market. We'd be no Facebook investment, no Google investment, nothing. And we had hundred thousand users, and hundred thousand users who, who practically love us. And if you read, uh, you know, our social media tweets, just focus on global car. Hmm. uh you will be uh, you will be you know delighted by the kind of love that is shared on us for the simple reason that the product was simple that you load money in indian currency travel anywhere in the world you will get charged zero for its markup the mobile app had one killer feature two killer feature i would say one is you can lock and unlock any time so your money is safe you keep it unlocked all the time and that was our advice you um, unlock it when you want to spend spend it so security was Uh, paramount, and the thing which really did it for us was a twenty-four by seven WhatsApp support. Because when you're traveling abroad, very few people uh, will have the you know guts to take a phone and call to a call center where you're on IVR for five minutes. So this is WhatsApp. You know you don't even need to have a SIM card. Uh, you know just tap a button and say you are in problem, and twenty-four by seven will solve it. And we lived up to it. Even I have taken calls. Uh, of, you know sometimes there was a problem. A lady was stuck in Germany. we arrange some friends to go and give us some money in germany so we've really gone uh, the extra mile as far as the customer service is concerned especially when people is people are abroad because then you know it, it is not a uh, everyday situation mm-hmm. so that uh, you know when the investors spoke to our users of uh, either the bharat product or the international travel they knew that we are on to something big and at that point in time when we raised the large round You know, Series B, we had not even thought of launching a savings account, uh, like co-branded savings. Account. But then what we realized is that you know when people travel and they come back to India, there's loads of money there which is not earning them any money, and you know they want a product which is more evolved. And that's when we touched, you know, we got in touch with IDFC, um, and 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 they were very kind enough to kind of understand mm-hmm. our vision and work with us. And on zero zero seven as a result of that. Oh, uh, and it is also in a in a beta stage right now. So there are some challenges which keep coming. But you know, our razor sharp focus is on only two things: can we add value to a user, and can we can we give him an experience which is out of the world. So it may take us some time to solve it, but the company DNA is that, and that's what you know investors love about us. Do you uh, actually while you were saying this, uh, does it mean that for the savings account you are also moving? outside the bharat segment and now also exploring the general uh, yeah, public yeah, yeah. So is that uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah yeah so savings account is actually not for the bharat segment because they can't afford it it will require certain things and we can't afford it they come on board and they start so i think to atms you know i can't afford it so um, uh, bharat segment is completely on prepaid and my personal thought is um, the way the uh, the cost structures are uh it will it should be on prepaid and it it will become a a win win situation for customer bank and the fintech as long as it is on prepaid once it moves on to saving it's a lot of this whole issue uh so now the savings account uh, segment for us is similar to a global segment it's like you and me anybody who wants to travel abroad anybody who wants to invest make an investment anybody who wants to move from a bank which pays them 3.5% to a 7% that kind of customers it is all i would say um uh, affluent mass affluent segment is where we are on the on the 007 curve do you do you see this 007 product moving more premium because you know yeah, when i course. think about ab- yeah absolutely so uber it is, premium uh, it is a 
AI, it is going to be uh, like a typical uh, account. We'll have platinum uh, product. Uh, we'll have a, uh, you know maybe a signature product, and then maybe an electronic product. Yeah, I, I like that because I think there is a huge gap in that segment. Uh, you know, I mean, I think a lot of banks uh, very freely use preferred, premium, premier, right? Yeah. Ultimately, the real value you get from any of those is is so broken, uh, because I mean I don't want you know a seven paise discount on my forex transaction when I use it, right? That's not what my preferred banking should be, right? Uh, preferred banking for me is uh, you know if I want something done, you know somebody will ensure that it gets done and I get the answers I want, right? It's as simple as that. No, absolutely. So um, uh, you know, COVID has done one thing uh, to this. Um, I would say the upper middle class uh, segment. See, everybody was expecting the RM to do physically do the stuff for you, and thankfully, COVID has. You don't need to want to meet your RM anymore. You want a facility where I may send a message and my works get done. So you know, with WhatsApp, we're trying to provide that. You have WhatsApp, card or bhul gaya. We will take care of it. So uh, you know, I, I think. Uh, you know, it, it has become. I would say it's a great time uh, to do uh, completely mobile uh, solutions. Like we are, we are partnering, and I'm sure a lot of other people will partner with some other banks and come with innovative solutions. I think the market is humongous for that. I can at least yeah. there will be at least twenty to thirty million people who will be shifting or having a, a, a you know one more account for just for the ease of transaction. So they may keep their original whatever primary account somewhere, but they will have one account where they would want to keep money and do transactions seamlessly. Uh, you know, a simple thing like logging into a banking app. I'm sure you would be having some banking apps. Mostly, yeah. it's not easy. <laughs> I, I still don't understand why it is so hard, and why do I have to change the password ten times a year? Right? It's mind blowing because now you have. Uh, I mean, uh, interesting. You brought you it up. Biometric. You you got binding on your mobile app. You know, you got OTP for practically everything. Uh, so it is. It's mind blowing. It actually, actually shocking. So uh, my 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 bank app. My bank app takes my password and an OTP and uh, something else, and I'm like, why are you doing three factor? This is uh, just like you know, mind blowing. Um, and that may be just to see your balances because if you want to do fund transfer, the whole thing will happen again. So, <laughs> my my uh, thesis or uh, you know my thought is that the reason UPI apps today are taking off big time is the fact that net banking has just made it hard for you to move your own money, right? You don't want to log into your app to move money. Why do you want to do that? It's a nightmare. You would rather much rather use one of these UPI apps. And UPI is, is brilliant. The way it's, um, I mean, it is. I think India's biggest innovation in a really long time. No, Vinay, this has been uh, awesome. Thanks for sharing all the uh, amazing, you know, uh, kind of things that you guys are up to. Uh, wish you continued success. Uh, you know, if you have, uh, if you are currently hiring, you know, please tell our audience uh, they'd love. I'm sure they'd yeah, love yeah, to. Yeah, of course. So we are yeah. uh, we are hiring big time in product, tech, design, marketing. So most welcome. Okay, uh, I will leave the careers page, etc., down here. Uh, again, uh, thanks, Vinay. This has been awesome. Thank you so much, Varun. Thank you so much for your time.